Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Thursday, July the 22nd and a very difficult day for the family and friends of PCSO Julia James as her funeral took place at Canterbury Cathedral. 53-year-old Julia died after being attacked not far from her home in Snowdown in April. Earlier today, people lined the streets as a funeral procession passed through nearby Aylsham. I came out here today to um, support the village as much as anything and to show my respects for the family because the family's been known to um, most of us for the for years. Never knew the lady but living in the village as I moved here from Great Yarmouth uh, seven years ago um, it's surprising how much a village comes together in such a sad times. Those attending today's service at the cathedral were encouraged to wear an item of blue clothing as a nod to Julia's job. Temporary Detective Superintendent Gavin Moss spoke about her work within the force. Her passion, dedication and commitment, along with her friendly, bubbly personality that defined her, was evident from day one and right through her career with Kent Police. Following her intensive training programme, she was posted to the Ashford district and immediately began engaging and working with the communities as their local PCSO. Her role as a local PCSO, keeping communities safe and identifying and supporting vulnerable people was epitomised by Julia in each and every interaction she had. This was not only evident with local communities but also with her colleagues within the police service and those from the many partner agencies with whom she worked so closely. Julia's daughter Bethan Coles read a poem while her son Patrick Davis paid tribute to their mum. I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her at length until she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come to mingle with each other. Mum would light up a room with a smile as soon as she walked in. As she entered, she would glow with positivity, love, love and warmth. She truly was an amazing mother, wife, daughter and nan. I just hope one day I can go like you did because it truly was beautiful. For the last 10 years, it has been amazing to see how truly happy you were and that's because of my mum's amazing husband, Paul. I want to thank you for bringing my mum the peace and happiness she has always deserved. I miss you more and more every day, Mum, but I know you're always near. I keep these crystals with me that you gave me when I was eight, and it comforts me knowing you're walking beside me. I love you, Mum, and goodbye for now, but not forever. Julia's cousin, Tammy Winstone, gave the eulogy. She had some insecurities throughout her life, as many of us do, but Paul's adoration and love for her helped her to grow as a person and to accept herself. In Paul's words, this made him love her more each day. And in Julia's own words to Paul before her passing, she had found herself. Ten years ago, when Paul came into her life, we all saw a new side to Julia. She would talk to me about love in a way that was only usually reserved for her children. The smile you see in recent photos was because of this wonderful man she loved wholeheartedly. I know for certain that before she was taken from us, she was at the peak of happiness and health because of their love for each other and she will be there guiding him, loving him, and nagging him to get that blinking armoire painted. <laughs>
We'll end with thoughts from her friend Nikki Potter, who met Julia when she started working as a PCSO. Both as colleagues and a friend, we laughed over so many things. At Ashford, Julia was affectionately known as Spooky, and Halloween night was always a favourite memory of mine. Before Julia married her beloved Paul, her surname was Ghost, and the giggles we had when Julia introduced people on this evening as PCS Ghost were just hilarious. There was definitely a glint in her eye and a cheeky smile on her beautiful face. If you knew Julia, let me tell you it was a privilege. She was the most amazing mum, wife, daughter, sister, nanny, auntie, friend and colleague. She was fiercely protective to those close to her and although she was tiny in stature, Julia was very strong. She was a person who saw life through a lens of love, loyalty and always that touch of mischief. I cannot find a single picture I have of Julia where she is not smiling. Her beautiful smile would just light up any room. She was able to illuminate any the darkest of times for anybody. She really was just a true ray of sunshine. Julia, you are my diamond. You will never ever lose your value. You will always shine bright and diamonds are forever. Well, our thoughts today are with all of Julia's family, friends and colleagues. A 21-year-old man from Aylsham has been charged with murder and is due to go on trial in November. Kent Online News. Other top stories today in a young woman's in a serious condition in hospital after being attacked in Sittingbourne. The air ambulance was called after she was found on Highstead Road just before eight this morning. She's been taken to London for treatment and police are still at the scene. Figures given to the Kent Online podcast show the deaths of more than 1,400 people at care homes in Kent have been linked to COVID since the start of the pandemic. The data has been released by the Care Quality Commission. Hawkinge House near Folkestone and Hawkehurst House in Cranbrook had the highest number of coronavirus-related deaths, with 34. The health watchdog says the impact of the pandemic has been devastating despite the best efforts of staff. Nadra Ahmed is from the National Care Association, which is based in Medway. She's been speaking to Lucy. Well, I think it brings back all the all the memories of where we were at that time. Um, and um, it's it's just very stark. And, and behind each of those figures is, is a life lost um, and potentially unnecessarily lost because of where we were at that time. Um, so it is it's with it's with regret. It's with sadness. It's also. I think when I looked at them, I thought about all the families who will be looking at that, who will have lost loved ones, all the staff that will be looking at those figures, um, and they'll be reliving that, um, that moment in time when, when things were just chaotic, to say the least, because the sector just had no, um, no support from, from anywhere that was tangible to tackle it. Your answer sort of suggested there, but do you think enough was done to protect care home residents in the early stages of this pandemic? Absolutely not. I think we were, uh, um, you know, bottom of the pile in the thinking. I think the focus was uh, purely on our NHS colleagues because that's where they thought 
they needed to target it. And we kind of understood at the time because we were told this was not going to have a major impact. And I don't know why we had some, some reassuring statements coming through, especially at the end of February, um, beginning of March, it started to tell that those reassurances were, were completely misleading. As you say, each one of those numbers represents a life lost and a, and a grieving family. Do you think it, it must be really frustrating for them knowing that perhaps their loved one might not have died if things had been done differently? Well, I think you. I think reflecting on these things, you will always think, you know, because we, you know, plans for people to take their loved ones to lunch on a Sunday and all of that were still in place. And so then to kind of hear that that, that a loved one had contracted COVID because somebody had been discharged from the hospital into the service, um, untested, and, and then to lose the loved one, you can't help but think that that was you know, it was an unnecessary death. It, it was avoidable. That's all you would think, wouldn't you? But the fact that we look after some of the most vulnerable people in our communities should have been the trigger that made government think, actually, let's, let's actually support them so that we've not got to worry about them, not divert PPE, not have untested people coming into our services. You know, that those were just reactive things that were happening for a completely different reason um, and at the expense of, of, of vulnerable people that were in our services and, and, and the anxiety of our staff and you know we still get staff who will say to us that I can't get the image out of my head about so and so you know who I'd known all this time and I had to watch her um, uh, pass away and I didn't know what I could do to help. Now, you've got to live with that memory. Well, the Department of Health and Social Care have said that every death from coronavirus is a tragedy and our deepest sympathies are with everyone who's lost loved ones. You can read their statement in full at Kent Online. A man's been arrested after a number of cars were torched in Canterbury. People have described being woken up by what sounded like explosions in the early hours. I heard these, like... Um noises like car alarms and I thought well that's really strange and you know like you wake up and I thought well. then I looked out through our conservatory window and I could see like red on the wall and I thought well that's weird and then I heard all the banging and thought it was fireworks and um, obviously it was the car that's burnt out up there going going up. At Kent Online you can see pictures and video of the vehicles that were damaged in Bishop's Way. A 37-year-old is in custody. An inquest has heard how a baby from Margate died after catching tuberculosis from his dad and being sent home by doctors twice. Luci Gavrilescu died at the QEQM hospital after his disease was mistaken for a common lung infection. East Kent hospitals say improvements have been made. Folkestone's park and ride service has been suspended because of a shortage of drivers. It was only launched as a pilot scheme in June, picking people up from the Motus Business Centre in Cheriton and taking them to the harbour. Stagecoach say the shortage has been caused by staff being pinged by the track and trace app and they need to concentrate on their other routes. Meantime, a Weatherspoons pub in Rochester has been forced to cut its trading hours following an outbreak of Covid among staff. Six workers at the Golden Lion on the high street have tested positive and another 
another 11 have had to isolate. And health bosses in Kent are being urged to prioritise the faster rollout of the vaccine to younger people as coronavirus cases continue to rise. Latest figures show nearly 7,000 people tested positive across the county in the week to last Friday. That's 3,000 more than the previous seven days. Just over half of 18 to 29-year-olds have now had their first jab, along with about two-thirds of those aged between 30 and 39. A new tool is being launched to keep people safe as they head to the seaside in Kent this summer. The Coastal Mapping Service allows emergency teams to quickly identify where a problem is, with callers often using nicknames for local beaches and rocks. It's been developed by Ordnance Survey and the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency and includes 233 data points across the county. Chris Chambers from the OS says it'll help save lives. They use that database to go and try and find it when someone local uh, says something like, you know, someone's uh, broken the leg at Stinky Bay. Uh, and it means that they can find out where those places are really quickly. And of course, the faster they get to those places, uh, the, the greater chance they've got of having a, a successful outcome. Kent Online reports. A Maidstone man who sung to his neighbours every Thursday night during the pandemic could be silenced. That's Jonathan Purcell, who says he's shocked someone has complained to the council about his singing. He's had a letter saying his music is allegedly causing a disturbance and there'll be an investigation if things don't improve. Work's underway to build a new school as part of a £400 million riverside development in Medway. Rochester Riverside Primary will be based on the banks of the river. It's due to open in September 2022 and will have 420 pupils from nursery to year six. A year later than planned, a massive public art exhibition is getting underway in Folkestone. The triennial normally takes place every three years, but the pandemic means this one has been an extra 12 months in the planning. Almost 30 new pieces of art have gone on display around the town and it's been curated by Lewis Biggs. It's just great to have people coming to see it and, and feel that there is something to see finally. We've been, you know, this one we've been working for four years to, to make something happen and had to remake a lot of what we did in the first um, three years because of the delay so it's been really tough to make it happen I have to say um, and and half my head or more is still very much in production mode because there are some artworks which are not quite finished so I'm um, I'm, uh, I'm anxious about those but at the same time I'm very happy to be um, able to present what we have finished to um, to people coming to look it's such a thrill it is it's it's so great though isn't it that the triangle is all outside because you know it's actually in a way it's kind of perfect for right now yeah yes I mean um, uh, it's all it's it's not a reaction to COVID but it is a fantastic preparation for COVID and um, uh, people can feel quite um, safe wandering around knowing that um, there's lots of fresh air. You can see pictures of some of the pieces that are on show at Kent Online. Whilst you're there, you can also see the latest images of a multi-million pound skate park in Folkestone as work finally starts coming to an end. The building on the corner of Tontine Street and Dover Road is the only one of its kind in the world and has taken years to build. We're told the final skate floor is being installed and it's thought the opening could be just weeks away. Tickets for Margate Pride at Dreamland go on sale today. Former Girls Allowed star Nadine Coyle will be performing 
performing on the scenic stage along with Lisa Mafia and local drag queens. It's happening on August the 14th. If you tune in to KMFM tonight, our sister radio station, you'll hear from Nina Nesbitt, who's going to be on the hit list. She'll be chatting with Emma Jo about her new single, Summer Fling. It's on From 7. And that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.